just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Things are getting hot and spicy in the race for District 2's open congressional seat, representing a large swath of Salt Lake City. Lead producer Emily Means is here for our weekly news roundup. And later, newsletter editor Therina Ria joins us for Pick of the Week. It's Friday, June 30th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Good morning, former political reporter Emily Means. <laughs> Good morning, Ali Vallarta. Ooh, you set me up for this conversation. I cannot wait to gossip with you. That qualifier is necessary today because we are going to be talking about the ongoing race for the now open congressional seat in District 2. I should say we are recording this at roughly 10.45 a.m. on Thursday, June 29th. We don't normally timestamp our Friday Roundup, but this story is changing by the minute. And so we're going to make every effort to lay it out. But like, just know there could be updates by the time it hits your feed. Okay, with that, a wise Austrian woman once said, let's start at the beginning. (laughs) A very good place to start. (laughs) Great idea, Allie. So before we get into the details of like the hot Us Weekly gossip version of this story, I do want to lay out for listeners what Congressional District 2 is because it's a bizarre one. So basically, let's all picture the state of Utah, okay? Now draw a line left to right straight through the heart of Salt Lake City, okay? Got it. Now draw a line top to bottom, straight through the heart of Salt Lake City. (laughs) You are now looking at four quadrants. The bottom left one is Congressional District 2. (laughs) Good work. That's, you know, I think that's pretty, that's pretty damn close, Allie. Thanks. Yeah. And due to like some gerrymandering, like actually inside Salt Lake City, the district sort of bursts a little bit outside of that perfect square. So basically what I'm saying here is if you live in Salt Lake City, there is a very good chance that this race is to be your congressperson in the United States Federal Congress. And that's why you should care. Great point. Uh, I think that is really important. And it is hard to understand, especially after this last round of redistricting, who represents you in Congress? Answering the lifelong question of to whom do I direct this complaint? (laughs) So, yeah, most of Salt Lake City's in this seat. Uh, So is most of St. George. (laughs) We have a lot in common. Yep. And, you know, we are mostly going to be talking about Republican Party infighting today because. Yes, we are. This is a Republican stronghold for a lot of reasons. In the 2022 election, Congressman Chris Stewart took 60 percent of the vote. So, like, that's a pretty solid win. 
He has announced recently that he is stepping down to make way for a successor. Instead of not running for re-election next year, he's choosing to bow out now. And he has said that is so that he can basically be involved in appointing his successor, which is an interesting approach to democracy. But uh, so there is going to be a special election on September 5th for this seat. So Republicans held a convention to try and figure out who was their favorite to send forth into this election as the Republican representative. And walking into that convention, where did they did it in Delta this year, right? They did it in Delta, Utah. So um, I've previously been to Republican conventions uh, in West Valley at the Maverick Center. Oh, yeah. Salt mm-hmm. Lake County, baby. And this time they hit up uh, rural Utah. So for anyone who doesn't know, in Utah, there are two paths to the ballot. There is a party's nominating convention, which is what happened this past weekend in Delta, the Utah GOP's nominating convention, where state delegates pick a candidate to be on the ballot. The other path is signature gathering. And as a congressional candidate in this race, you need 7,000 signatures to qualify for the primary election ballot. So what you need to understand about nominating conventions, particularly the GOP's nominating convention, (laughs) is that the Republican state delegates who attend are more extreme than your average Republican in this state in terms of ideological purity. Um, So the candidate that comes out of convention is usually like way, 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 way more conservative than, you know, is usually agreeable to the general population. And in plain terms, lately, more Trumpy. Right. And what's more is like when more moderate candidates file in this state, usually the day after they make their announcement, they start collecting signatures because they just know going into it, they're going to get absolutely creamed at convention. They're not just going to get creamed in like the actual percentage that they win of the delegate vote, they're going to get like harassed. Like they're (laughs) going to get booed. Like this is a place where Mitt Romney goes, Senator Mitt Romney goes to get booed on stage. Okay. Yes. Which was remarkable. Meanwhile, I mean, and this is like one of the best demonstrations we have about the state of our Republican Party in Utah. We've got Mitt Romney type Republicans who are still very, very conservative, right? Mitt Romney is a full on Republican, got booed at convention. Billionaire. Yeah. Yeah, And a billionaire. Got booed at convention. Meanwhile, Senator Mike Lee walks on stage that same convention and gets the frickin' rock star treatment. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could have sworn, like, Slash walked onto the stage or something. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're dealing with here in Utah. And so it results in this party infighting. And I think most people, even State Senator Todd Weiler, who's a guy in the know, right, expected former Utah House Speaker Greg Hughes to win at this past weekend's convention. He is a Trump guy. Like, he's been golfing or hunting or something like that with Donald Trump Jr., I'm pretty sure. He's a convention darling. Yeah. And he's often, like, when he runs, the most conservative person on the ballot. He ran for governor a few years ago against Spencer Cox, now Governor Spencer Cox. And then he was the most conservative person on the ballot. Don't be fooled by his quirky glasses. (laughs) Just because it looks like he shops at Viz doesn't mean he is... uh, 
He's moderate. <laughs> but so in a in a surprising turn of events, Greg Hughes did not win a convention. In fact, Celeste Malloy, who is a former staffer for Congressman Stewart, won after multiple rounds of voting. And this was a huge surprise to me and probably a huge surprise to anyone who's paying attention. Oh, what I yeah. heard was, you know, she has these Southern Utah roots that may have played into it a little bit. But nevertheless, a huge surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... That's where it started. Then this week, some delegates and some losing candidates started questioning whether Celeste Malloy was actually a Republican and whether she even lived in Utah. So things are really starting to heat up, Allie. This Ah. is the Republican playbook. It's like you lose and then you're like, no, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a (laughs) minute. Something must be wrong here. Like you said, this is part of the playbook, except... There were like some pieces that were not adding up. So in Utah, to file as a candidate with a party, you have to be affiliated with that party. So Celeste Malloy needs to be a registered Republican to file as a Republican candidate. And when you file with the state elections office, you need to confirm that you meet all these requirements. So Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson starts getting a lot of questions about this from reporters, from, you know, these jaded delegates. And this prompts a series of tweets where she's like, "Okay, here are the candidate qualifications. Let me highlight this in the Utah Constitution (laughs) for you. Let me highlight this in the U.S. Constitution for you. And it really not today. Not today. I've got the receipts. Um, But it really riles up some people who think Greg Hughes was robbed of the nomination. And even, I mean, this was like one of the most juicy bits for me. State Senator Dan McKay retweets Lieutenant Governor Henderson and calls the Utah Attorney General's legal advice suspect. Just like (sighs) out there in public, he says this. And I I was like, okay, wait, but just this this bit of the AG's legal advice? Don't they know that hanging your dirty laundry is for Democrats? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, can can't this be can't this be a conversation at a swig at the swig drive thru or something? Yeah, right? Also like why this energy? Like there are so many Congress people. We're talking about one out of more than 400 people in Congress. Like, why is State Senator Dan McKay so worked up about this? I, okay, keep going. I'm riveted. Okay, so that brings us to what we know now, because there were a lot of questions, Allie, and we needed some answers. So KSL's Lindsay Ertz and the Salt Lake Tribune's Brian Schott really dug into this, and I've been super impressed by their reporting. So what we know is Celeste Malloy confirmed she had not voted in the prior two elections, and so that made her an inactive voter in Utah's voter rolls, okay? Mm. But her records show she has been registered as a Republican in Washington County since 2016. However, because of her inactive status and also the fact that she had been living in Virginia for four years, you know, as a staffer for Congressman Stewart, she was on a list to be removed from Utah's voter rolls. And if she had been removed, then she would not have qualified to be a Republican candidate for this special election. But her inactive status does not disqualify her. Well, and I thought it was so interesting in the sort of realm of play stupid games, win stupid prizes, when she was asked about this, why she had let herself become an inactive voter, because... 
baseline, you would hope that the people that are running for office vote, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're implying that you have faith in the system, though maybe that is implying too much given that it has become a big, big chunk of the Republican playbook to not have faith in the system, right? In the voting system. But she said, well, I was living in Virginia working for a congressman and I was worried that if I was submitting an absentee ballot in Utah, that like basically it would get flagged by rabble rousers in the party and I would get accused of being a fraudulent voter, which is crazy because voting by absentee ballot isn't voter fraud, right? It's just a way to vote. Um, And so she said that was her defense. She said, I just didn't vote because I didn't want to raise questions for the congressman I was working for. And I was like, it's nuts. Whoa. (laughs) Wild. But you know what? He has now endorsed you. So you played this one right, Ms. Malloy. Well, and the thing that I think was confusing and I I won't say shady. I don't think there's anything fishy about it, but it seems like she didn't realize that she was on this to be removed list. And so Mm. shortly after she filed, she re-registered to update her status. So she was no longer an inactive voter. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what kind of like set this in motion for so many people who were doubting her validity as a candidate. So, you know, the convention is over. And the party chair says Celeste Malloy is the candidate that they are putting on the ballot. So if there were issues to be addressed, they need to be brought up during convention. The ship has sailed like get over it, party delegates at this point. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at slclivingtrad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, 
save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. So what happens now? Because this election isn't until September 5th. Celeste Malloy won at the convention. But if there are other candidates that are gathering signatures, I mean, that that doesn't mean that she is a shoo-in. Nope, you're exactly right. It just means... It means she's one option. She's one option on the ballot as long as the people who are gathering signatures meet that signature threshold. So right now uh, we're looking at former state representative Becky Edwards. She's gathering signatures. She was also at convention and just absolutely tanked because she is one of those more you know, in their eyes, moderate Republicans. And then former state GOP chair Bruce Huff is gathering signatures. These are the two candidates I've heard are kind of the front runners on that front. So come July 5th is when we'll know who qualifies for the primary ballot through the signature route. And listen, Allie, like, let's be very frank here. (laughs) Whoever wins the Republican primary is very, very likely to be our next congressperson because that's the way elections work here in Utah. We are a very Republican state. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. So Greg Hughes didn't collect signatures because he thought he was nah, going to rock out at convention. Yeah. So he's donezo. He's donezo. Ooh. I mean, it's one of those purity tests for the state party as well. Like, it's icky if you <laughs> collect signatures, but you're putting all your eggs in one basket and, you know, really banking on your popularity with state delegates. So uh, wow. it just didn't pan out for him. Something that I think has been interesting to watch as all of this has played out, and I will say to Celeste Malloy's credit... She's had a lot thrown at her. I mean, she's had a big, she's had a big week. She's having the best and worst week ever, right? Like she's dealing with a lot all of a sudden. But it's been interesting to see moderate Republicans and some Democrats who, you know, tend to accept their fate in these federal races in these really gerrymandered districts warm up to her. And I myself, like when I first saw that she had won at convention, I was a little fearful because to your point, usually the people that do win at convention are the most extreme candidates, right? And I do not align myself as a voter with the most extreme wing of the Republican Party. But also, it's no secret, historically, I have not aligned myself as a voter with Congressman Chris Stewart. And one of the reasons for that is he was one of the members of Congress that was implicated in the effort to perpetuate the big lie, convincing the American people that the 2020 election was wrongfully stolen by now President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. And so I think in my mind, I was like, wait a minute. Do I want my congressperson to be the chief legal counsel to someone who voted against certifying the results of our election? I don't like it. I don't like it. But it seems that she's actually fairly moderate, which is part of why her upset at the convention was such an upset as well, because it felt like the moderate in this race was Becky Edwards heading in. But she's kind of coming out seeming very level-headed. And Mm -hmm. that is also, like, in and of itself, kind of radical. I was thinking about this, too, and I don't know anything about Celeste Malloy, and I think... Most people don't like never heard of her before, but I was looking at her website and honestly, like a lot of standard Republican stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. stop out of control spending. Uh, I saw the phrase 
abortion agenda, you know, like this yeah. sort of stuff. And so she seems like a pretty standard Republican to me. But, you know, most likely, like we said, whoever wins the Republican primary is going to be our new congressperson. They'll be up against Democrat Kathleen Reby, who is state senator from Cottonwood Heights. She just won at the Democratic convention this past week. Yeah, she won handily. I mean, the Democrats convention was a stark contrast to this Republican convention. She took 86% of the vote. They got it done in like record time. (laughs) Kathleen Reby, who is a teacher and a state senator from Cottonwood Heights, the case that she made for her candidacy that I think is really interesting and worth noting is that Democrats have a shot in this special election because it's not a presidential year. Special elections are sort of off the beaten path. Aside from people like you and I who live for this shit, like who really cares and who's paying attention? And so could there be incredibly low voter turnout? And usually in a state like Utah, that can mean that whichever party is most energized about their candidate Mm -mm. can maybe sneak in and make some moves. Can they win? I don't know. Can they make some waves? Potentially. So her case is like there could be low voter turnout. Now, could how spicy the candidacy of Celeste Malloy is becoming increase voter turnout in southern Utah? I don't know. Maybe. I also have a lot of questions about whether the state Democratic Party has the infrastructure or the resources to support a federal candidate seriously right now. But we'll see. We will see. Okay, it is time for our favorite segment of the week. Pick of the week and newsletter editor Terina Ria is joining us. Terina, welcome. Hello, y'all. I'm what so up? glad to be back. Always a joy to have you. <laughs> um, my pick of the week is Animalia. Oh. Um, sadly, they're closing their brick and mortar store. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but they're closing after five years in business. For those who don't know, Animalia is a bulk dispensary store. So you can go in and get refills on like laundry detergent and like shampoos and all your liquid needs and they also sell like local handmade goods and like vintage clothes and clean beauty products they're just like the cutest store and if you've never been in before you do have until July 29th to get over there it's like located on 9th south kind of harvey milk boulevard area and on july 15th they're going to have like a big celebration of life they're going to have cake and drinks and bargains so it's a good time to go over there and show them your love and support for the last time at least at their brick and mortar store a celebration of life that's so this breaks my heart (laughs) I know. Also, I have a cutie Animalia-related story in memorial. Please share. An ode to Animalia. Yeah. (laughs) This is your eulogy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this memory I have. So November 2020, I went to Animalia's Small Business Saturday, and it was at the beginning of COVID, and so they weren't letting very many people inside the store. I was waiting in line. And while I was waiting in line, a few people ahead of me, there was the hottest person (laughs) I have ever seen in my life. And I just was like jaw on the floor, probably drooling, like too stunned to speak. Yeah. And I, I literally was too stunned to speak. I didn't make a move. I didn't go up to them. I like, (laughs) they left the store and I was like, damn, I'm never going to see this person again. 
And then fast forward seven months later, I am on Hinge and I'm talking to a girl and she is so charming and so sweet and she likes talking about the best tacos and existentialism like I do. <laughs> and <laughs> it no. wasn't until we we meet up for our first date that I realized that it's the same hottie <gasps> from the Animalia <gasps> line. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. You really manifested that. (laughs) Yes. I like I told her this. I was like, I know this is going to sound like I'm a creep, but I think I saw you at Animalia like last year. And luckily, she didn't think that I was a creep or like maybe she likes creeps because we kept dating. And that person is Cass, the lady in my life, (laughs) who's been a guest on the show. And he's like, I've talked about her. I I record in her closet many times. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Okay. Listeners, clarity here. They are still together. Serena, I had no idea where you were headed. <laughs> I, thought, I thought your eulogy was simply going to be, I saw the hottest person I've ever seen at this store. No, yes. no, no. What a journey. Thank yeah. you for sharing that with us. But like, yeah, hot people shop there. <laughs> Something to say about the Save store. Animalia. Uh, save Animalia. I'm chaining myself to... Are you saying that if this place closes, none of us will ever find love? <laughs> Exactly. It's our last chance. That was one hell of a pick of the week. (laughs) Uh, Emily, care to follow? Uh, Yeah. My pick is potato chips. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, specifically, Allie, I was digging into your every bar in Salt Lake County spreadsheet, Mm. and I saw that I have been to a bar that you haven't been to. Okay, but I might have been last year, but okay, okay, okay. Franklin Avenue. Oh, yeah, because you know what? I went there, and it was a 45-minute wait, and I said, this is a city of 210,000 people. I will not be doing that. (laughs) You said, there are more than 200 bars in this county. I don't need to wait 45 minutes. Well, I've been to Franklin Avenue recently, and Uh I, uh, I just wanted to throw it out there as a place for killer cocktails. I had a little something, uh, the little green bag, which has an absinthe rinse. I always feel like a fancy lady when I have an absinthe rinse. But they have these dill pickle potato chips with whipped feta dip that are just so, 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 so good. Um, And that's literally my pick of the week. So, you know, it stands right up next to your love story, Therina. Yeah. (laughs) Whipped Uh, feta? Are you kidding? Whipped feta. Feta? I don't know. It's... I will say, so the owners of Franklin Avenue are the same people that own White Horse. And I guess what I'm getting at here is these people have a potato chip legacy because White Horse does currently, I think, the best potato chip situation in town, which is chips and egg in a bag. Have you either of you ever had these? Nope. Okay. So what they give you is a small brown bag full of potato chips, and then they crack an egg that is like very, very gently poached. Like it's mostly runny. They crack an egg over them and shake the bag and then hand it to you. So you get a bunch of sticky broken oh chips God. in a bag, huh? No, you get coated, salty, Ooh. crunchy, but also like moments of softness chips in a bag. All right, Allie, what's your pick of the week? Okay, my pick of the week is also food related. So something that brings me so much joy is like having a guy 
for things. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm one of those people who like I pride myself on if you're like, you know what? I need some dinosaur eggs. I actually will be like, I have an egg guy (laughs) or like I've got a cake guy or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's good to Mm -hmm. like have people in your life that just like have really niche talents. So I recently discovered Salt Lake's oyster guy. So his company is called Sunburst Fog Oyster Company. His name is Alex Morales. I met him at Acme Bar, which is the new iteration of Campfire in Sugar House. And he was shucking these fresh, gorgeous, salty, meaty, taste like the bottom of the ocean oysters from British Columbia. And he calls himself a knife for hire. And so like, You can actually just, like, hire this oyster guy to come to, like, your dinner party or, like, your bar or business. And he will bring bags of incredibly fresh oysters and, like, shuck them on site for you and serve them. And he, like, makes all these, like, amazing toppings. Like, he did a tart cherry at Acme. It was incredible. So I just think, like, everyone needs an oyster guy. I'm sharing my oyster guy with you. Like, that's what I'm doing here. So sunburst. Fog Oyster Company on Instagram. He shares like where he's going to be. He's kind of popping up all over the city. And and you can also reach out and like book him. And I also feel like final thought on this, it's worth noting he is from Massachusetts and has a delightful accent, which really enhances the experience. He's a real oyster guy. He's a real oyster guy. Hey, can I add um, one bonus pick of the week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is the Hey Salt Lake newsletter. Yeah. Darina, you are working on a an event guide for the 4th of July holiday. That will be dropping on Monday. And tell people where they can sign up. Yes. So sign up at saltlake.citycast.fm and you'll get a, a cute little newsletter every morning at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. It's a fun time. And I hope you subscribe. I, I love it. I love writing it every morning. Yeah. And we're going to have a great list of events for folks uh, who maybe want a family-friendly option, maybe want a more adult-oriented option for celebrating mm-hmm. the 4th. So um, definitely mm-hmm. subscribe. Uh, let's get out of here. Thank you both. It's always a joy to end the week with you. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And I will see you Monday. See you Monday, Allie. Bye. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. Bye.